Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Amen. Guys, you know what I love about that is there's a word called the tetragrammaton. And it is the four-letter unpronounceable name of God where we get the name Yahweh, but in the Hebrew it's just Y-H-W-H, and rabbis and scholars believe that it is representative of the idea of breathing in and breathing out because they are aspirated consonants. So Y-H-W-H is the sense of, like it, and it's the unpronounceable name of God to, to represent the concept of the breath of God. So something really beautiful in that kind of tactile, meditative experience. Um, I've, been, I've been so amazed by what God has done this weekend, and I'm looking forward to what he has for us this morning as we kind of wrap things up. But before we dive in, before we dive in, um, I want to I wanna take a moment. Um, you know, when I was about 20, I had a, a pastor say this to me that if you were going to think back on your life and try and think of the five uh, most important books you ever read, that you wouldn't be able to remember them. Um, if you were going to look back on your childhood and think of the five most important sermons or messages or or inspirational talks you've heard, you're not going to be able to remember them. So I do hope God has shaped and moved you. Um, And I hope that there are some foundational truths that have been instilled in you because of God's word. But I'm not expecting you to remember these words in 10 years. But then he said, if he were to ask the five most inspirational people in your life from when you were a kid, it might take you a moment, but I bet that you could do it. And there's a possibility that somebody sitting near you is one of those five people. So in a second, I want you to give the biggest round of applause, I'll tell you when, um, for your leaders, your teachers, your school administrators, because they sacrifice their free time to invest into you, pour into you, to bring you here, to sacrifice sleep while you were farting and snoring next to them, okay? So on the count of three, you guys got to give your leaders a round of applause. One, two, three, go. Come on. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And can we give it up for the RVR staff and for Vessel Worship as well? Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, now, as we, as we jump in here, um, actually, does anybody have an ice skate? Like, just a singular ice skate. I need, a, I need an ice skate. No, that's not a thing. Grace, that's weird. This is just odd and strange. Why do you carry around a singular ice skate? Oh, this is very like Frozen-esque. It's got little like snowflakes on the side and and stuff. This is nice. I don't need this at all. Um, I just wanted to see if she had it, and she did. That's really strange. Um, But guys, we have to focus in. (laughs) Bad dad joke. I'm sorry. We have to focus in on time and our words. So let's see how you guys do with the word wave one more time. But I'm going to give you a challenge here. We're not going to go front to back or back to front or left to right or right to left. We're going to, I'm going to try and like zigzag through the sections here. Okay. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to start with you guys, all right? And we have to go front to back, and then it's going to it's gonna zigzag up. So then from the back up to the front, and then the front to the back, and the back up to the front, okay? All right, ready? On the count of three. Wait, shake off the blankets. Get ready. Loosen up the legs a little bit. All right. Ready? One, two, three, go. Word. Whoa. 
come on guys, word. There we go, there we go. Okay, we made it. <laughs> okay, we gotta throw it back, we gotta throw it back. Ready, okay, one, two, three, go. Okay. All right. That was definitely a Sunday morning. Half of you were like, <laughs> All right. Okay, let's focus in. We got, some, we got some work to do yet this morning. I want to encourage you guys. So let's, let's pray together. Let's dive in here. God, I praise you. I thank you so much for everything that you've been doing. And we look forward to everything you're going to do with us as we leave here this weekend, how you're going to use us out in the world. But God, I ask that as we dig into the scriptures, you would help us to see you and your truth, not me and my opinion. Bless our time together, Father. We praise things in Jesus' name. Amen. So guys, Friday night, dug into creation, the fact that we have an awesome star-breathing God, breathing out stars like the sun and Arcturus and, and Canis Majoris. And I actually, I saw the Big Dipper last night, but I was so disappointed because I feel like Arcturus was hiding like just beyond the, the mountain, the, the, the ridge line there. And I was like, oh man, thought we'd be able to see it. But breathes out God, that same breath that breathes out the stars, breathes into man, he becomes a living soul. And in our pursuit of life, sin threatens that life, that abundant life that God desires for us. And, and death comes into the world and the breath of God is taken from us because of sin. But God, according to the immeasurable riches of his grace, provides a way for us to have new life in Christ. So where do we go from here? We're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And I was so encouraged last night. Some of you were, were looking up and, and, and you were piercing my soul with your eye contact. And I was so encouraged. And, and I just want to challenge you that if you prayed that prayer last night genuinely before the Lord, then your old life is done away with. You are a new creation. This is the first day that you are truly alive. So I, I wish a happy birthday to you in Christ that you get to experience that new life in Christ. I'm, I'm so excited for you. And it says, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And guys, this is huge news. This is something we need to pay attention to. But we need to understand this a little bit. We got to back up a little bit because this concept of reconciliation, that's not exactly something we use in day-to-day -day conversation. So what does that mean? Reconciliation means to restore friendly relations between so where sin would separate us from God, reconciliation brings us back to perfect unity with our creator God. So our relationship has been restored. It has been reconciled. It also means to coexist in harmony, to make or show to be compatible. So let's, let's jump back into 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. Now that we have a better understanding of this word reconciliation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, new life, new breath. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. He restored that relationship. He brought us back into harmony. 
and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. So through Christ, he's restoring his creation back to himself, restoring humanity, not counting their trespass against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Guys, this is big news. This is life altering stuff because what we're talking about is if we have this new life in Christ, what am I supposed to do now? And what second Corinthians is leading us into is if you have now started your life, you're truly living for the first time with the breath of God filling you. Well, kind of like that tactile experience, we are sending our breath out into the world. We are breathing life over the rest of humanity. We're spreading the message of Jesus. So just as Jesus has called the world to himself, we are then called to step into that. We get to be a part of something much bigger than ourselves. And we go and have conversation with people and say, listen, I've received this new life and God has new life for you. And I want to tell you about it. And he brings us into this beautiful mission that we get to talk about this incredible God who wants to pull people up out of death because he did it for me, and hopefully he has done that for you if, you've, if you have accepted him. But guys, I don't know about you, but when I hear about this concept of, oh, I'm supposed to go on mission, like I'm supposed to be used by God, well, <laughs> I mean... All right, I, pastor, I can accept the fact that God loves me, that he wants to forgive me, but I'm not good enough to work for him. I'm, I'm not good enough to, I'm not, I'm not holy enough, I'm not righteous enough to, to be used by him. And you might be wrestling with this, but I'm, I'm so messed up. I, I still have so far to go. So how can I become holy? And the answer to that question is you have to let God do the work. You have to let him do it. You have to let him be your holiness. That's what 2 Corinthians 5.21 is all about. He made him to be sin who knew no sin. So God become in, the, in Christ Jesus becomes sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. So the Lord is our holiness. It's not the works that, that I have done, that we have done or can do, but rather it's just getting out of our own way. It's stepping out of our own way and letting God be holiness. That's why Jesus, after he comes back from the dead, and he says, I am gonna send a helper to you, the Holy Spirit. And he is going to, it talks about in scripture how he intercedes on our behalf with groanings too deep for words, that the Holy Spirit stands in the gap for us. He is making us holy. And what that is called is sanctification. Hebrews 10, 14, for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Guys, this is a beautiful passage in scripture. There are these two big theological words, justification and sanctification. Everybody say justification. justification. Say sanctification. 
justification, a singular moment in time where you are now freely justified. God sees you as not guilty. He sees you as innocent because the blood of Jesus, the righteousness of God has covered you. Sanctification is a lifelong journey, a lifelong process of becoming more and more like Jesus. So what Hebrews 10, 14 is saying, for by a single offering, by the death of Jesus, he has justified, made perfect for all time, those who are being made holy. We are in process becoming more and more like Jesus. So if you're sitting there thinking, I'm not good enough, my response is, yeah, me neither. Guys, I have been so blessed by this weekend, and, I, and I've been so honored to, to be with you, but I'm not up here because I don't sin anymore. I fail and fall short all the time. But in the way that Christ has laid his life down for us, he asks in response, would you lay your life down for me that I can use it how I see fit? I was talking with Nathan this morning just on the reality of, of what going into ministry looks like and this idea of like, well, I'm doing this because God told me to do it. And it's something that I feel like I have to do because that is my response to the Lord to say, God, do whatever you want with me because I'm the only reason or you're the only reason that I have life. So in this process of becoming more and more holy, what we see in scripture is there is this language of daily renewal. So guys, this is day one. If you placed your faith in Jesus last night, this is day one of your life in Christ. But I want to look at this. Luke 9, verse 23, it says, He said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Mark 1, 15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And that those two words, repent and believe, they're in the present active imperative. It means it's a long-term commitment. So a better translation of that would be repent and keep repenting. Believe and keep believing. So guys, here's what the Christian walk is not. It is not, Jesus, you are so amazing. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. I love you. You're the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And then the next day you wake up and you just go right back to your old life. But if you place your trust in Jesus last night, you wake up this morning, you say, God, I fall short every single day. Help me honor you. Help me be holy today. And then you wake up tomorrow on Monday and you're back in school and you're dealing with stress and anxiety and pressure, and you wake up in the morning and you say, God, help me honor you and be holy today. And you wake up on Tuesday and you say, God, help me honor you and be holy today. And it is a daily renewal of making an intentional decision to keep surrendering your life before the Lord. Now, guys, don't confuse this here. You, you place your trust in Jesus, you are sealed. Scripture says you are sealed by the Holy Spirit for all eternity. You cannot fall out of that. God cannot abandon his love for you. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is God, you confess with your mouth that he's Lord, that he died on the cross for your sins. You cannot lose that. But we have to make a daily intentional decision to walk with him and say, God, continue to make me holy. So in the meantime, what are we pursuing? 
Because guys, Christian maturity is not marked by perfection. Perfection isn't achievable this side of heaven. That's why Jesus had to come. He had to be perfection for us. So if it's not marked by never sinning again, now guys, don't misunderstand me here. As we pursue holiness, we rip off the things of this world. So we pursue purity rather than lust and pornography. We pursue truth rather than lies. We pursue transparency and genuineness rather than gossip. We put away the things of this world. But knowing they are always going to be tugging at us and trying to pull us back into sin, back into death. That Christian maturity doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I'm just never going to sin again. But as I continue to become holy, I will start to sin less and less and less. But the only day I will ever be perfect is the day I stand before Jesus in glory in heaven. So in the meantime, while we are in this process of sanctification, I'm pursuing awareness, humility, and willingness. I'm pursuing awareness, humility, and willingness. Let's start with awareness. Awareness is the knowledge or perception of a situation or fact. Yesterday morning, we looked at 1 John 1, 8 and verse 10. Let's look at this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And then we skipped verse 9 for a reason, but it is a beautiful verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Guys, there was this pastor and kind of mentor over me during my time at Liberty and he was a former detective and he had arrested somebody for drug possession with intent to sell. And when a detective makes that type of arrest, they have to do a full body cavity search to make sure they don't have any drugs on them. And this detective finishes his search and this person is up, uh, curled up in a, in a ball in the corner on the floor and he's weeping. And the detective looks down at him and says, you know, the only difference between you and I is I've recognized my need for a savior. Because there is no hierarchy of sin. There are no degrees of imperfection. You can't be more or less imperfect. You're either perfect or you're not. And guys, I got bad news for us. We're not perfect and we never will be. But maturity in our faith means we become more and more aware of our need for a savior, not less. We don't get this attitude of, oh, I've been a Christian for a while now. I got this figured out. I don't need as much grace today as I did a year ago. That's not how that works. We are brutally aware of the fact that we fall short, that Jesus has to be our perfection. He has to be our righteousness day in and day out. And that leads us to a place of humility, of humbleness. And humbleness, humility, it means a low view of one's own importance. That does not mean, that does not mean a negative view of oneself that you look in the mirror and go, you suck. That's not what that means. But looking in the mirror, you recognize God loves me so deeply and he places so much worth on me that in my sin, he redeems me every single day. 
So it is less about me and it is more about God. Philippians 2 verses 5 through 8, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. And what that means, that word grasped is actually taken advantage of. So Jesus did not take advantage of the fact that he is God, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And we follow in the example of Jesus. So we are brutally aware of our sin. We are more and more aware of our sin. And as we become aware of our sin, we become more appreciative of the grace of God. This is where we got to be careful because as we become more aware of our sin, there's this temptation to just feel like a failure. But that's not the, that's not the point of us recognizing our sin. The purpose of becoming aware of our sin is to have a greater acknowledgement of the grace of God over you. What did we say last night? The immeasurable riches of his grace. Immeasurable riches, overabundance. And that brings us, should bring us to a place of humility and praise and worship, saying, God, I'm so aware of my sin. I am so unworthy of you, but God, wow. The creator of the universe loves me and he wants to use me for the ministry of reconciliation. Wow. Awareness and humility. And ultimately, those things lead us to this complete, incredible willingness. And willingness is the quality or state of being prepared to do something, a readiness. So as I become aware of my sin, and as I'm aware of my sin, I become humble before God because of the grace that he shows me every single day. And in that grace, God, if you love me that much, how can I repay that love? How can I reciprocate that love? What do you want me to do? Anything you want me to do, you tell me to do it, I'm going to do it. So an awareness of our sin leads to a humility before God, which brings us to a willingness to serve him in any and all capacities whenever he asks and for this, I want to look at Isaiah 6. And Isaiah is a prophet over the nation of Israel during the time of the kings. There's kind of just chaos going on. And the nation of Israel is starting to get, it has been broken up and, and into these different kingdoms. And, and there's all these different issues and seasons of good kings and bad kings. In Isaiah 6, we have this incredible vision. And I want you to look at Isaiah's response. A prophet, a man of God. Look at what happens in this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Guys, that's a beautiful image of the fact that Jesus is king of kings. Because in biblical times, when one king would conquer over another, he would take the robe of that king that he has beaten and he would stitch it into his own. So the longer a king's robe was, the greater of a kingdom he has built. And what Isaiah is seeing is a king on a throne and the train of his robe is filling the entire room. And it's representative of the fact that Jesus is king of kings. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. They were a type of angelic being. Each had six wings. 
With two, he covered his face because they were not worthy to look on the presence of God. With two, he covered his feet because they were not worthy to stand on the ground where God was at. Think about Moses at the burning bush and the bush calls out to Moses and says, remove your sandals for you are on holy ground. And with two, he flew and one called to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And this is where we get that concept of the train of his robe. The Lord of hosts, that name is basically the Lord who commands the armies of heaven. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts for the whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. Now, whoever that leader was who tried to scream out a candle, that was a loud scream, but we're talking about a voice that shakes the building. The foundation of the threshold shook at the voice of him who was called, and the house was filled with smoke. And he said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. What are we seeing? We're seeing some awareness and some brutal humility right now. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Verse 8, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And Isaiah being aware of his state, brutally aware of his, his circumstances, his situations and, and, and surroundings. And he says, woe is me. I'm not worthy to look on God. I, I see these angelic beings and they're covering their faces. They're covering their feet. And if they're not worthy to look on God, then, then who am I to be able to look on God? And he's aware of, his, of, of where he's at and what's happening. Humble before God. I'm a man of unclean lips. I come from a people of unclean lips. And moments later, he says what? I'll do it. I'll go. And the awareness and the humility leads him to a place of willingness of God. I will take on hell with a water pistol if you ask. I'll do whatever you ask because you are worthy. Not because what I've done, not because what I can accomplish, but because of who you are and what you deserve. And if you would allow me to be a part of your mission to redeem all of humanity, wow, what an incredible honor, what an incredible privilege that we get to be a part of it. And guys, I want you to understand something. I want you to understand something. The language of scripture is so beautiful. In Christ, Paul talks about this in Romans, that it says that you are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You have the ability in Christ to overcome the world. 1 John 4, 4, 4, 4. I'm getting hyped up. 1 John 4, 4, 4, 4, 4. He who is in you is greater than he who is of this world. You have the awesome, majestic power of a star-breathing God inside of you in the, in the form of the Holy Spirit. And then Proverbs 18.21, it says this. It says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. You have the power to speak life over people, but also there's a danger that we could speak death over people. And 
we talked about this idea of life and death. So what is the breath we are putting out into the world? Are we spreading a breath of life into the world or are we stealing breath from others? Are we speaking death over them? Because we have a star-breathing creator God who has called us into his presence and now he's saying, I want you to join me in mission with me. And guys, in a moment, we're going to close out and worship. And I want to invite a vessel to, to make their way up. And we're going to spend some time celebrating the fact that we have come alive in Christ. But now we have to go live. It's not enough. It's not enough, guys. We can't, we can't just come alive as if we were revived in our hospital bed. And now we breathe again, but we never leave the hospital. We just stay in the bed waiting to die again. No, we got to check out of the hospital. We got to go out into the world. We have to go live. And the beauty is we get to go live for the Lord and live in such a way that we draw more people to himself. So when we become aware of our sin and it brings us to a humility before God, we should look at our creator God and say, God, I want to serve you with my life. I want to spread and speak life out into the world. So our mission to speak life, I want you to track me here. We are imperfect people redeemed by a perfect savior. For what purpose? To help other imperfect people become redeemed by a perfect savior. And just like that pastor, that mentor, we can look at our friends, our teammates, our classmates, other people at youth group, other people at church, our family members, and say the only difference between you and I is I've recognized my need for a savior. I'm no better than you. I've simply recognized that I need life, that we all need new life in Christ. And we have this incredible, beautiful opportunity to further the ministry of God, that ministry of reconciliation, restoring people to Christ. And some of you have experienced it. You took your first breath this weekend and how good that must have felt. And apart from my own salvation, one of the most incredible feelings I've ever experienced was the first time I got to lead somebody to Jesus. Not because it was like an accomplishment or a gold star for me, but it was just such an incredible experience to watch somebody else take their first breath. I am never going to forget. I am never going to forget the moment that each of my children were born. And hearing that cry, hearing that first breath was such an incredible experience. And probably one of my favorites in, in 2013, I was in Ethiopia and I was working with this, this uh, local Christian in the village and I was talking to him and he was translating the gospel to this kid. His name was DeWitt. It's the equivalent of our David. And he is translating back and forth and I'm, it, it's a couple second delay, but I'm watching him kind of put it all together and then to wait and I see this smile spread across his face and I look to the translator and, the, and he says to me, he wants to believe. And to watch him like kind of come to life in that moment was just absolutely incredible. We get to do stuff like that. That we get caught into this beautiful ministry to bring life into the world. Guys, that is our charge. That is our challenge. So now that we have come alive, we've got to actually go live. And man, what an abundant, amazing life it is.
So let's pray, and we're going to worship. We're going to celebrate. Remember, praise is acknowledging the goodness of God, so we can have fun with that. This creator God, he's not some stoic jerk God. John 10.10, he says it for a reason. He comes to give life and life abundantly. Joy. We can enjoy and have fun together, guys. So let's pray and let's celebrate all that God has done. Father, I praise you. I thank you so much for who you are, that you are a creator God who is not far off, but you are in our midst. And you breathe life into us. And like a proud father, as we take our first breath, you anxiously await the day that we go out and live, that we go out and speak life and truth over our loved ones. So God, would you fill us, fill us with your Holy Spirit, fill us with a boldness to go and proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And knowing that if we have the power of life and death on the tongue, that we would intentionally choose Every day we would wake up and say, God, make me holy because you've got a mission for me to live this abundant life and to live it in service of you. God, you are so good to us and you deserve all of our praise. We love you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand and worship together. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.